0: Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter number 25. We started last night preaching on the coming of the Lord. We're going to continue that tonight. But I thought about showing you something I don't reckon I will. I've been accumulating some pictures of Jesus. I don't know if y'all would seen any or not. I know we've been emphasizing that you can't know when Jesus is going to come. We he done told us we won't know the day nor hour, but he didn't tell us that we wouldn't know what he looked like when he come. So I've been accumulating some pictures of Jesus. I'm not going to show you mine. I was just wondering if y'all would uh, want me to tell you uh, what Jesus is going to look like when he comes. I can tell you, I know exactly what Jesus is going to look like when he comes. I know what he's going to look like when he comes. I know what color his hair is going to be. I know what color his eyes are going to be. I know how tall he's going to be. I know how much he's going to weigh. I, I know what color his skin is going to I know that. Well, I want you to just take a moment, and I want you to turn and look at somebody around you, anybody. doesn't make any difference. Just take a moment now and just turn and look at somebody. Now, all of you ain't looking. Look at somebody beside of you. I don't care. It might be your wife. It might be your neighbor. You may have to turn around and look at somebody behind you. Now, if you want to know what Jesus is going to look like when he gets here, you just saw it. You just saw it. You say, preacher, you mean to tell me Jesus is going to look like him? He sure is. You say you got any Bible for that? I sure Do. we're going to read it in our text. See, we've been preaching on his coming. We've noticed the many faces of Christ. One of them, he's coming as a thief. But he's no convict if you're ready. But if you're not ready, he's going to catch you unaware. And it's going to be serious. But I want you to notice tonight, we're going to read in our text, that Jesus is not only coming as a thief, but he's coming as a person. He's coming as a person. A lot of folks think when Jesus gets here, he's going to be kind of like the, the, the president they've heard about or the governor that they've heard about or read about in the newspaper, but they've really never had any close contact with him physically. But I want to say just to you that when Jesus comes, he's going to come in the representation of everybody you've ever had anything to do with. Good or bad, it will be seen, they will be seen in the face of Christ. Think about that. Look at it in the text. Verse 31, when the Son of Man, and I want to emphasize that a little later, it's used 88 times in reference to Christ in the New Testament having to do with His coming into this world, taking upon Himself uh, human flesh, the Son of God becoming the Son of Man, that we, the sons of men, might become the sons of God. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. Look in verse 34. Then shall the King say to them on His right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him and say, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. (laughs) You know what he's saying? Look at my face. I was that hungry person that you fed. Look at my face. I was that thirsty person you gave water. Look real close into my eyes. I was that person that was sick that you visited. Look closely. I was that one in prison that you came by. I am the representation of those people that you have dealt well and good with. I am the person and the people that you lived your whole life with and had all your dealings with. I am that person. Notice verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, ye visited me not. Then shall they answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer and say, Verily I say unto thee, Inasmuch as ye did it not unto one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. He said, I was the thirsty person, you gave no water. I was the hungry person, you gave no food. I was the sick person that you forgot and would not come and visit. I was in prison and you did not come unto me. I am the face of all the people that you have dealt with throughout all of your life and it is so important vital to associate this day. And the people that we are around and associate with this day with the coming of Christ because we shall see them all in the face of Christ when he comes as to how we have dealt with them good or bad. Oh, isn't that weighty? (coughs) If we could tonight pick out a young boy or a young girl Lead them up here and suppose that no one in this church knew their names, did not know where they came from, did not know what grade they were in school, did not know their parents, knew nothing virtually about them. But yet somehow we were able to know that in the future we would see this young man and this young girl again. And let's suppose that we knew tonight that the young man in this church sitting beside of us or in front of us who was 8, 9, or 10 years old, we knew that one day they would be a state trooper that patrolled this area. And that they would pull us over and they would be the determinant factor as to whether we got a ticket or a warning. I wonder how we'd treat that young boy. (laughs) If we knew for sure that we was going to see him again in a different setting. He's only eight now, but we're going to look into those eyes and he's going to be 25 and he's going to have a badge and a gun and a little blue light on his car and he's pulled us over. <laughs> Come up here, let me borrow you. Let's just suppose this is that young man. And you knew tonight, you had the capability of knowing that you would see this face again and he would be the trooper that would pull you over. I wonder how you would treat him tonight. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Hmm? Don't need a little extra cash, do you? You're just a fine-looking young man. I like you. If we knew that, it would determine how we would treat them now. You can be seated. But did you know that every face and every person that is sitting here tonight, we will face in the future in the person of Christ as to how we have dealt. That is not just your wife. She is the representation of Christ in this world to you. That is not just your husband. He will be seen again in the representation in the face of Christ as to how you treated Him. That's not just a little boy or a little girl. That is someone that heaven represents and Christ will represent. And he said, in as much. They said, well, where did we see you? I was the beggar. I was the one hungry. I was the one thirsty. I was the person. I was the person. And can I say to you, when Christ comes, He's going to come and the text said He would be the Son of Man. He's going to be the same person who came. That's the same person who is coming. But can I say to you, represented in each other, He's the same person that is here. He is the Galilean. Now, let me mention three things about this matter of Christ and his coming. And my emphasis is tonight, not so much as he's coming as a thief, and uh, there needs to be that guarded readiness he said so many times to watch, but I want you to notice tonight that he, he is coming as a person. And as that person, we need to be looking, we need to be seeing the Galilean, we need to have this son of man view about us, to see that it's more than just a person that is here, but it is the representation of Christ and how we treat them is how we're going to have to face Christ. It has a great effect on the second coming. Now, I want to deal, first of all, with this matter of of the person of Christ who came? You know the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious crowd of Jesus' day missed him by a million miles because in their theory, they thought that when the Messiah showed up, he would show up with a crown on his head, and he would show up, show up with a royal robe and he would show up with this authority over the uh, Roman government, he, he would show up, he would look like a king. but isn't it amazing how we miss God so much in what he's doing because we're always seeing something in one light and God's doing it in another light you do realize that most of the time God works backwards in our lives we're always looking in this direction, and he's headed in that direction. It bum fuzzles us. You think about it, as early as the book of Genesis, the, the, the Bible said the evening and the morning were what? First day. Oh, when have you ever heard anybody say that? To you and I, it's the morning and the evening's the first day, but God works backwards. He said, if you want to be first, Get the back of the line. That's where first is. Backwards. He said exaltation is in humility. Lower yourself and you'll find out where exaltation... And he said if you want to live, if you really want to live, die. He just sort of works backwards. And isn't it amazing, when Jesus came into this world, He came in as the Son of Man, clothed in humanity. He was that person of humility. As the Son of Man, He He suffered. He said, the, the, the birds of the air, they have their nests, and the foxes of the fields, they have their But He said, the Son of Man hath not where to lay His head. They made accusation against Him. They said, the Son of Man cometh eating and drinking, emphasizing that, that manhood. He was the Son of Man. He came to be the Son of Man. He came to be a person. Second Corinthians 8, verse 9 said, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. He was the Son of Man who came for you, personally, substitutionally, sacrificially. He came as the Son of Man. Now think about it. Here is the Son of Man who came in his humility... Into this world. He's a person. (laughs) He's a baby, was he not? A little baby born in a manger. As much a person as ever a person was. He's a little boy that is in... in the the sanctuary there, in the temple, talking with the doctors and lawyers. He's a little boy with a mama and a daddy, as much a boy as ever was a boy. He grows up and becomes a builder, a constructor. As much a builder as there ever was a builder in this world, literally building things. And in all of those areas, he is, a, he is a person. And everything that He was in this world, He came to be a person like unto you and like unto me. But you know, I'm afraid from my understanding of the Word of God that most of the people that had anything to do with the person of Christ never realized they'd ever see him again. Do you think Herod ever thought he was ever going to see this baby again that he was trying to kill? To him, he was just a baby. He was a person. (laughs) And so he's trying to have him killed, not knowing that one day he would have to face this baby again. The doctors and lawyers that he's instructing in the temple, to them he's a boy not knowing that when he leaves that temple one of these days in eternity, they'll face that boy again. This builder that was criticized by the Pharisees and scribes, they said, oh, he's a carpenter, he's the son of a carpenter. And he was not knowing that this very person of Christ that came into this world for them was being rejected by them, but one day they would have to face this person. They would see that baby again. They would see that boy again. They would see that builder again. they would see him in the face of the person of Christ upon his throne. Let me just ask you this. What have you done with the Galilean who came? Because I want to assure you he's more than just a baby. I want to assure you he's more than just a boy. I want to assure you he's more than just the builder. This is the Son of God who become the Son of Man. And I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't seen him, if you haven't seen the Galilean for who he really is, the one who came... Then you don't want to see him when he comes back. Woe be unto you if you have not seen him previously. (laughs) When I see the face of that baby, I want to be able to say, I know who that is. When I see the face of that builder, I want to say, I know who that is. I know who you are. I have seen you before. The one who came for me. (laughs) The person of Christ who came for me. But you see, he's not only the Galilean. If you're going to be ready for the person of Christ, you're going to have to have a Galilean readiness. You're going to have to have been introduced to this Galilean before you ever see him. I'm glad I know the Galilean, aren't you? (laughs) I'm glad he's been introduced to me. The one who came in humility. But he emphasizes in our text that there is, there is still a close relationship in this matter of this Galilean. A lot of folks are satisfied with the fact that they, they think they know the Galilean who came. Oh yes, I know him. Oh yes, I have been, and great and good. But it goes deeper than that. He wants you to know that He's not only the Galilean who came in His humility. He's not only the Son of Man who came in His humility. But He is the Galilean and the Son of Man who is among you in humanity. Emphasizing the one who was thirsty, the one who was hungry, the one who was in prison, the one who was sick, all of those were real people. But he said, I was those people. And you and your response to them was, would have been the same as your response to me. You know, the Scripture is full of that truth of how we say we love God, but yet we do not love our brother. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. Jesus said it himself. He said, I want you to go as far as loving your enemies. John said, but if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? (laughs) Jesus is the multitudes that are around us. And he will represent them and judge us according to our responses to all the people that He's allowed us to be with and, 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 and to be around and to, uh, and to associate with. I was up in Kingsport, Tennessee in a meeting. I had went to the little store there on the corner as I was coming out of that little store on the corner, there was a road that sort of went up and circled around beside of it, up a little hill, street, houses around it. I was heading toward my truck and I heard a voice. It was a weak voice that had an impediment. And it said to me, and I didn't catch it to start with, but it said to me, How far are you going? In a frail voice. As I moved on, I, he said it again. He said, How far are you going? <laughs> I stopped because instantaneously in my heart, the Holy Ghost said, You know Him. Listen, I turned and I looked and we caught eyes and he said to me, How far are you going? (laughs) It was an elderly gentleman in his probably 70s. He had two sacks that he was carrying that I later found out were Aluminum cans that he would use to supplement his income. Had a couple of little old rods, aluminum rods that you'd use to hold up tents with. His feet were turned in, his knees kind of like that, his body was twisted and he was walking like that. He'd been out all morning picking up these things. And he said to me the third time, he said, How far are you going? (laughs) I said to myself when I saw him, I said, Not only do I recognize that voice, but I know this man. (laughs) I knew that (laughs) man. Somebody said, Well, who was he? He was Jesus. He sure was. Read your Bible. Isn't that what he said? Inasmuch as you've done it unto him, you've done it unto me. <laughs> and I said, My heart, Holy Ghost said, That's Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, it's a good thing he wasn't going to California because about that time I was fixing, and I didn't say to him, I'm going as far as you need to go. <laughs> he made his way down there and opened. I put his stuff in the back of the truck. He got up in the truck. He looked around, and you got to understand my heart's just overflowing because I know Jesus just got my truck. I'm talking about for real. <laughs> he turned around and he looked and he said, I like your truck. Now, I didn't say it, but I want to say, well, Jesus used to want to give it to me. Thank you. He gave me directions to his house, and we talked about the Lord. He knew the Lord on the on the way over there. When we stopped, the best he could do, he he got out of that truck, went around the back, and I leaped out of my side and jumped up in the back. I said to myself, "They ain't no way, Jesus. I'm gonna let you crawl around up in there and get that out. I'm gonna get that out for you, (laughs) much as you've done for me." And I got his stuff out and laid it down there. And He was so grateful. And I pulled off, looking back at his little humble abode and his little sacks. I cried all the way back to it was in the fifth wheel. I cried all the way back to the fifth wheel. When I got there. Esther looked at me. She said, "What in the world's wrong with you?" I said, "I've been riding around with Jesus. <laughs> I just picked him up." <laughs> You said, preacher, can that be possible, honey? That is the truth, and that's exactly what he was saying to them people there. He said, "I was the little old man that you didn't have time to put in the truck. I was going to ride with you, and you didn't know it. Right. I wanted, to, I wanted to ride with you in your pickup. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to ride with me in my pickup, Lord, over there in Kingsport, Tennessee, when I was walking around that little old, old road there, all crippled up?" <laughs> He said, I want to ride with you. Because he said, I am the humanity that you're sitting beside. Well, that puts a different light on this matter of the second coming, don't it? To know that you'll face those words again that you said to whoever it was. You said, well, I was right and what I said doesn't make any difference. <laughs> because you know what? He's even going to represent the face of your enemy. And he's going to say, you didn't love me. the one, the person who came in humility, but he is the person that's all around you in humanity wanting to reveal himself if you could simply get the Galilean view of who people really are and what God wants you to do and how he wants you to respond. <laughs> it's easy to come to church and sing Oh How I Love Jesus and talk about how we love the Lord and then get down on a job and look across over there and say, hate somebody not realizing that we're going to face him one of these days in heaven I'm talking about the person he's the person who came but he's the person that is here represented in humanity But can I say to you hurriedly in this text, I see Him as the person who is coming after you. He is not only the humbled one who came, He is not only the human one that is here among you, but He's the heavenly one that's going to show up. But here's what I want to emphasize, there'll be no difference in this person. He's the same exact one. Whether you're looking into the face of someone else or whether you're looking into the face of the boy or the baby or the builder it's going to be the same person that we're going to be looking into his face when he does come. (laughs) You see the Folks that are around you right now may not be able to do a lot about what you do to them or what you say to them or what you don't do for them or how maybe you don't pray for them or how maybe you don't visit them or how maybe you wouldn't give them that drink of water. They may not be able to do much about that in this whole world. That wife may not be able to defend herself with what you say to her. That husband may not be able to say much about what you say to him. or or Those children or whatever the situation may be, they may not be able to do anything about it. But one day, we're going to face the one who has the authority to do something about it. And he's going to stand in representation. To either bless us or curse us depending on how we have treated those who are about us. He's coming back and he's coming as a person. He's going to be the mother whose heart was broken. He's going to be the old saint that was forgotten. He's going to be the enemy that was not loved. He's going to be the poor person that was overcharged. He's going to be the mother or father that was neglected. He's going to be the missionary that was allowed to go hungry. He's going to be the preacher or pastor that you talked about. The little child you offended. He'll be the person you laughed at. He'll be the person you didn't take time to visit. He'll be the wife or husband you hurt with your words. And can you imagine in that day when we're all waiting in line gleefully to see Jesus? Oh, I can't wait to see Jesus. (laughs) Oh, praise God, we're going to see Jesus. And we are going to see Him. But we're going to see Him in the representation of the real world we live in. And isn't it going to be a shocker? I don't know why I keep emphasizing it, but isn't it going to be a shocker when you stand forth, you're called forth to to see Him, to face Him, and you find out that He's your neighbor? Man, I never thought I'd have to face Him again. (laughs) Isn't that something? Waiting in line, thinking going to see Jesus, and you will see him, but he 'll be in the representation of everybody else <laughs> and you walk up, he's going to say, "You know me, don't you i 'm old Sam bill, john susan i'm i 'm the people in the real world. I had a preacher tell the story about his brother was an alcoholic. His daddy had passed away and his brother lived with his mama. And of course, being the drunkard he was, in and out, aggravated the preacher. And he said, one day I got so tired of it, I thought, I'm just going to go up. I'm going to go to the house and I'm going, to, I'm going to straighten this thing out. He said, I went to mama's house. I went into the bedroom. He said, my my drunken brother was in bed with a hangover, with a cover over him. He said, I jerked the cover back. I called his name out and he said, I told him everything I'd ever thought about him. How low down and wretched and how he had he treated mama and everything. And I said, get you. He said, I told him out of that bed and get your clothes and get out of here he said my brother got up just weak and feeble and said he got a few clothes and put them in a brown paper bag And said it was raining that day and he pushed the screen door open and he went down the steps and out of sight he said about that time I heard my dear mama good Christian woman in the kitchen she said David Noah come in here Said, I went in there and looked in her eyes and tears was flowing down. She said, Son, a couple of things you don't know I need to tell you. Said, number one, said, You ain't never birthed nobody in this world. You don't know what that's all about. And said, number two, it took just as much pain and love to get your brother into the world as it did me. And said to you. He's a drunkard. But to me, he's a son. And said, I want you to go out there and find him, walk around a little bit and think about that. He said it hit me like lightning. But how God felt about how his mama felt about that wavered boy was how God had felt about him. He said, I bursted the screen door open. I got to running in the rain. And I got to hollering his name. No, come back. No, come back. Mama loves you. Come back. Said I run him down. And I brought him back to the house and said, I dried him off and I laid him in the bed. And I covered up and I kissed his forehead. I went back and looked into Mama's eyes. And he said, I realized for the first time in my life that the only way I was ever going to see my brother like I needed to see him, I was going to have to see him through mama's eyes. because she's the only one that can see him like that. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you, the only way you can ever see the people you live with and the people you work with and the people that live next to you and the people that you deal with, the only way you can ever see them the way you need to see them is you're going to have to see them through the eyes of Jesus. Because it's those eyes you're going to have to face. And if you are a child of God tonight, Christ dwells in you. And how offensive it is when we talk to each other as if he's not even around. Not knowing that that's Jesus we're talking to. And we'll face him in their representation. <laughs> it just makes you want to grab somebody and say, I love you, Jesus. I just want to love you now because I know I'm going to have to face you one of these days. And I don't want to look into those eyes realizing I've offended heaven by my attitude and my ways and my dealings with my brothers and sisters in Christ. (laughs) Oh, religion can get mean. You know that, don't you? I was in a meeting somewhere recently, I can't even remember where it was at, and I was stopping to get some gas. While I was getting some gas, a couple of men, probably in their mid-twenties to early thirties, pulled up and I I didn't know who they were. But I overheard one of them, he hollered in my direction. I was the only one out there, but I assumed he was talking to somebody else. He said, you know where the liquor store is around here? Well, I'm not being used to being asked that question. <laughs> That's just not one of the questions I get often. <laughs> so I didn't answer. I didn't think he was talking to me. And he said, hey, you know where the liquor store is around here? I turned around and looked, and I, I said, sir? He said, the liquor store, you know where it is around here? And about that time, God warmed my heart for that old boy. I walked up to the truck and I said to him, No, sir, I couldn't tell you how to get to the liquor store, but I said, I could tell you how to find Jesus. And I wanted to touch him. I just reached through the window and put my hand on him, hoping the Holy Ghost could use that as he spun out of the, <laughs> He said, Thank you. <laughs> and he was gone. I could have said, no, I don't have time for people like you, and it ain't. I don't want to face that in eternity. He said, I'm a-coming. But you won't have to wait until I get there to see me. Just turn and look at somebody beside of you. I'm already there. I'm already there. (laughs) I live with you. I live by you. I go to church with you. I'm already there. I'm going to tell you, I want to look through the eyes of Jesus because I know I'm going to face that person again represented in Him.